Welcome back to the Master of None podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. So we have some exciting news. Um, We are going to be doing a new interactive podcast episode where we talk about UFO interactions with you, the listener. You can go ahead and check out, listed in the bio, I have a number you can call, leave a message, and I can take that and put it on air or transcribe it, or you can email. So check the bio, give us a call. We're going to be putting in this information probably in the next week or two or maybe a month, depending on how people are going to call. So call in if you have any questions about UFOs. If you have any things you would like for me to answer on UFOs, or if you have any theories on UFOs, and if you have any um, first-hand, second-hand, any interaction, please give a call. Thank you, and enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Master of None podcast, and yes, we've been posting 365 days, but now we're kind of in a little bit of a transition point where we're trying to hit the right amount of podcasts. And today I have a great show for you. I'm going to be doing a little bit of a different lineup. I'm going to be getting into a couple different stories, providing some insight into those stories and breaking down a couple things. So let's get into it. So I don't remember if you uh, listened to the podcast, um, my last podcast, but I went ahead and I got a caller and the caller had a request. Hey, Zach, a real big fan of your show. Keep up the great work. Just hoping maybe in the next episode, could you let us know, do you think there's life on Uranus? Okay, thanks. Bye. When we break this down, this is obviously one of our um, recurring guests on the Master of None, Phil Gassard. Phil Gassard giving a call, leaving it uh, anonymous, but I didn't. it didn't take too long breaking down that old Wisconsin accent in order to get it. But here's what's interesting. I went ahead and looked into the concept of life on Uranus, is the way it's pronounced. And I got some pretty interesting things that came up, but I'm going to go ahead and play this video for you. Reanalysis of data from NASA's Voyager spacecraft, along with new computer modeling, has led NASA scientists to conclude that four of Uranus's largest moons likely contain an ocean layer between their cores and icy crusts. Their study is the first to detail the evolution of the interior makeup and structure of all five large moons. So yes, potentially there could be life not on Uranus or Uranus. Um, it could potentially be one of the moons Titan. See, Uranus has 27 moons. And Titan is believed, like you were saying, to have kind of this crust, this, abil- this crust in order to create atmosphere. Now, what's so crazy about this moon is if you were actually there as a human being, you would not need a pressurized suit. Most planets, you would need a pressurized, pressurized suit as it relates to the impact of gravity. But what you need is some type of suit to keep you warm, and you would need oxygen. Um, another crazy thing about this moon is they, they have seasons like Earth, but the seasons are in seven-year time. Um, in time, you know, on Earth, we have about three-month seasons. So if you're calling into this podcast, please feel free to call, email. I will answer any questions. Obviously, you heard them. Mostly looking to do with the UFO stuff. So that kind of pivots me into one of today's topics. So I think something that's happening really, really interesting right now as it relates to UFO uh, disclosure and information dealing with aliens is we have have a transition point happening. I've talked about it here with David Grush as it relates to the whistleblower, his validity, and some of the things he talked about. Now, in one episode, you know, obviously there's a lot of information to break down as it relates to 
to break it down. Now, finally, we had George Knapp and uh, Jeremy Corbell go on to the Joe Rogan experience. It's been a while. And these are the individuals who are behind the scenes, if you will, interacting with whistleblowers, interacting with government fish, officials, civilians, and really breaking down what potentially could be happening as it relates to disclosure within UFOs and aliens. Now, I think, you know, I listened to some of the podcasts today, and I think one of the most interesting topics is getting into actually a number of things, you know, kind of they were really proving the validity of David Grush as a whistleblower going into how, you know, the story happened where they spoke with him. I was not privy to that up until this point. So when I heard that, I was really fascinated by getting a little bit more of the behind the scenes. We have not heard that yet in the public as what is going on with David Grush and how did he become one of the biggest whistleblowers of all time as it relates to UFOs, his story. But I think one of the more interesting topics that came out of that podcast was breaking down um, the amendment one or seven nine seven eighteen hundred Congress. I don't know what happened there. I couldn't speak um, as it relates to 2023 and 2024. Now, I'm going to go ahead and play a clip from the Joe Rogan podcast going into and talking about an interesting point, and then I'm going to provide a little bit more after that. What is this from, (laughs) Joe? This is listed at the bottom of that document. They're talking about the the NDAA for 2024, and this is the UAP section I've been reading through. Controlled disclosure campaign with respect to unidentified anomalous phenomenon recorded uh, records originated prior to review board termination. This review board, I'm not sure what this is. It talks about all the, like, they get all of this information, and you better give it to them as sort of what it's. They want to set up a review board that would basically declassify stuff that they come across. Yeah, uh, but I'm being told by people involved that that's not good enough. Like, this is one step, which is to get this um, presidential review board, and you get a bunch of sociologists and scientists and some Nobel Prize winners, and, and you look at what can be declassified for the American public in a controlled way. And that's really nice they're doing it, but everybody on the inside that I know is like, we need a church-style committee. It's not okay to just have a disclosure panel. You need oversight. And to get that oversight, we need access. The only way that we're going to get that is by forcing sen- – like where's, where are all the senators in all this? We did this hearing with all these Congress people. Where are all the senators listening to the public being like, okay, I'm going to get after that? They're the only ones with the power to create a church-style committee. Where are the senators right now? And, and so that's really – this language is so important. I hope people go look it up and they read it because it's just astonishing when you hear what they're actually doing. And I think it's a good step. I find this one a little weird too, the ex- exercise of eminent domain. Yeah. They can go and take anything from yep. anyone who's got anything. Yeah, yeah look at this. The federal government shall exercise eminent domain over any and all recovered technologies of unknown origin and biological evidence of non-human intelligence that may be controlled by private persons or entities in the interests of the public good. I mean, when you hear that, I mean, I'm going to break it down for you. So whenever we look at this bill, first of all, we have to determine who are the senators pushing through. Uh, Congress. I was an intern on Capitol Hill for one summer, so I have some knowledge of it, not a lot, enough to not even know what I'm talking about, but enough to tell you. So whenever we look at it first, the um, the co-sponsors for this bill, um, it's really interesting because we have three Republicans and two Democrats. Um, we have Marco Rubio, we have Senator 
Christensen. We have Senator um, Todd, Young Todd. We have Senator Hendricks Martin. We have Senator Mike Rounds. Now, whenever we look at it, it's Florida, Indiana, New Mexico, New York, and South Dakota. So about five and five co-sponsors right now, and you would think there would be more. I did a podcast um, prior about Marco Rubio talking about David Grush and, and breaking down that information um, as it relates to the whistleblower. Now, the reason why I want to talk about it is, first of all, it's going into what he's saying as it relates to a disclosure panel. Now, I've looked through this, and I think probably, you know, what Joe Rogan was saying about how um, the, the imminent domain is really interesting. And that's, that's something that I, I haven't really ever heard or thought about. But if a UFO crashes in your yard, you can't have that. The government has the right to get it and take it and do with it what it will. And that's, a, that's kind of how, how it goes from there. Now, whenever we're breaking down this piece of legislation, it's really opening up the conversations to talk a lot about information that is declassified. So taking anything that has to do with aliens, anything that has to do with UFOs, and then providing a certain amount of information as it relates to the public. The review board will publish and summarize everything it finds um, within federal registration over 30 days. Now, this presidential review board will get information. So, example, if a UFO situation happens, they will look through it and provide a lot of different insight, taking a lot of different um, experts and using it in order to tell the public what is going on. And I think for me, you know, this is the first piece of UFO legislation we've ever had like this. There's never been anything like it before. And it's really starting to open up the conversation in a different way. Now, that podcast goes in and talks a lot of different detail, provides a lot of information. If you want to listen, obviously, it's, it's about a two and a half hour podcast, but there's a lot of great nuggets within it. Now, I think probably talking about the origins, but what's really interesting, too, within it, it's talking about um, unidentified ships flying out of the ocean which to me, it still is, obviously we've talked about it before on this show, but it's really going into the point that there's UFO ships that fly out of the ocean, okay, anything coming in and out of the ocean, and, and what that is as it relates to a UFO. So it's opening up the door to everything. And for me, whenever you hear that, it's really adding a different context to the UFO question. Um, and that question being, you know, how does it relate? And Within this testimony, it goes in, or within this piece of legislation, it also talks about witness testimony, how it provides to the integrity of of the panel um, going in and breaking down rules of Congress and going in from there. So it's something that is really unique. When I first looked over it, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to read through all of it, but those are some things that as I skimmed, it really stuck out in my mind. So um, this will be voted on after the recess, so we'll see where it goes. You know, this could potentially change everything we know as it relates to disclosure or be the first step of many. So another story I want to get into is is the Pergosia assassination. Now, when I first heard it last week, I, I was already calling BS on it because of the nature of it. So first and foremost, whenever we look at Putin, well, we have to understand his number one assassin um, approach is Russian billionaire poison. Roman Abramovich has reportedly been poisoned while taking part in informal peace negotiations with Ukrainian diplomats. And this kind of ploy fits right into the playbook of Vladimir Putin. 
So whenever we go into understanding Vladimir Putin, what we have to understand is the KGB has utilized a lot of different techniques for using poison, uranium poison, and, and, and putting that within the enemy. So whenever I first saw this whole thing with Prigozhin in the plane, I really was already saying, like, there's no way we really know if this was actually shot down. Now, if you're not familiar with Prigozhin, he's a very Russia. interesting character. In 1981, he was sent to prison for robbery and theft. And when released in 1990, he became a hot dog salesman in St. Petersburg. But by 1997, he was running a top restaurant and winning lucrative catering contracts. Those brought connections to the top. Prigozhin even served food to world leaders and to Putin himself. And Prigozhin's role was becoming about much more than food. In 2014, Russia annexed Crimea and launched an insurgency in eastern Ukraine. Prigozhin was involved. Of that time, he said, a group of patriots was born, which later acquired the name Wagner Battalion. And so Obviously, if you're not familiar, he is, you know, the leader of the Wagner Group, which has been leading a lot of fighting within Ukraine and fighting in different areas of the world, Africa, potentially Haiti, using Russian mercenaries and prisoners. Now, as it relates, we all remember that failed attempt of the coup or whatever you call it whenever Prigozhin came and drove into Moscow. In my ultimate opinion, I thought it was a bargaining chip move. I never thought it was a coup. I, in my one of my in my podcast, I break it down. I look at how really you know it's probably he was being isolated from Putin. He used it as a tactic to communicate, and then there, when everything was reached, he moved on. Now, as we know of last week, we go back to this whole story where a plane was shot down. Evgeny Prigozhin, U.S. intelligence believes an intentional explosion downed the plane. They say that's consistent with actions Russian President Putin has taken in the past. So what makes the story so interesting is immediately everybody thought Putin had shot it down. It was one of those things where everyone's confirmation bias was off the charts because of, of what we've heard in the media about Putin, the Wagner Group, and how everyone thought he was going to be assassinated. I still don't think he's going to be assassinated. I, I think that Putin and, and um, Prigozhin have a very close relationship. And it's very evident in the amount of trust. Now, I think what people have to really understand is Putin in his circle does not have a lot of trust. They went, they did this photo shoot not too long ago where he was in different environments and it had the same people in all the photo shoots that were vetted because they didn't want to take the chance of bringing in other people that could potentially have assassination attempt on Putin, which is what hap would happen fairly often. You know, and usually it's poison is the choice, not a missile that costs a lot of money. Um, so in this situation, I think the media got really far before a cart before its horse. Now, the reason why I'm talking about it is Prigozhin released a video this week yeah. saying For this. those who are discussing whether I'm alive or not, how I'm doing right now, it's the weekend, second half of August, 2023. I'm in Africa. So for people who like to discuss wiping me out or my private life, how much I earn or whatever else, everything's okay. He's in Africa, which is crazy because everyone thought he's going to be moving and living in a different country. And he's still working with Wagner Group. So potentially did he give over Wagner Group? It opens up a lot more stories about what's being pushed through the media filter and sometimes whenever you hear something you gotta take it with a grain of salt now does this story have impact i don't know i think it's really more of an entertaining 
type kind of environment because it's not going to affect i don't know how the wagner group affects us daily but i know one thing um you know stay tuned to this podcast because i will be breaking down things on an little level i've been taking a little break so sit back and we'll get back to you when we do